What is diversity, equity, and inclusion? I've been asking that question for a long time, and I can't get anybody to give me a definition that I can wrap my brains about around. So we'll address that today. Why? Because something came up in Kalamazoo concerning that. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Live with Rank program. As I do each and every day, I thank you for tuning into the show today. I really, really appreciate it. After all these years, I still every day appreciate every one of you who listen to the show because it's all about getting informed. It's about listening to some great music. It's about having some discussions. And at times we may agree to disagree, which is fine as long as we're all civil with each other. It's all about us becoming unignorant, if I could put it that way. And to do that, you need to listen to the show. And if you want to be part of the show, give us a call. 269-441-9595. I'll give it to you one more time. 269-441-9595. You can also email me at rank R-E as an excellent N-K at townsquaremedia.com. That's townsquaremedia.com. If you have an app at one of the stations you're listening to me on, you can app chat with me. Now, before we get into the harder politics, as I mentioned to you yesterday, I want to try to show more of my soft side. Yes, I do have a soft side. It is harder to bring out after taking on the endeavor of this new career that I've been in for a while because there's so much negativity around me. So much, well, I shouldn't say around me, but in in what I research and bring to you guys, there's so much hate these days. Uh, there's so much pointing of fingers. There's so much craziness out there that it brings you down. I am truly worried about where our kids and grandkids are going to be in the next decades. We are not leaving our kids, the next generation, I should say, a better world to live in, a better United States to live in, a better Michigan to live in. So in that quest, as I mentioned yesterday, I am looking for fun stories to write about. It's a turnaround. I'll get into the hard politics when I need to, certainly on air and in print. So let's start off the day with two interesting, I think, fun-loving pieces that I published. You can check out the videos. You can check out the pictures. They're all there at WBCKFM.com or one of the affiliates you're listening to me, eventually it gets uploaded to that. How many gallons of paint does it take to paint a Lake Michigan car ferry? So without cheating, try to guess. Don't go to my piece yet. Read it and then guess. It's a 410-foot ship that accommodates 600 passengers and 180 vehicles. It's called the SS Badger. And I happened to see an article about it the other day that I thought was very, very interesting. How many gallons of paint does it take to paint 
a 410-foot ship that can accommodate 600 passengers and 180 vehicles. Because a group called Lake Michigan Car Ferry just went on that endeavor to repaint the SS Badger. They don't believe it's been repainted for over 40 years. So it came in for its annual five-year dry dock inspection. I didn't know that. Crews conduct a visual and ultrasound inspection of the ship's hull and underwater equipment. They had to sandblast it. Could you imagine that job? Could you imagine going in? All right, what are we going to do? What do you need me to do today, boss? I need you to start sandblasting. Okay, what do you need me to start sandblasting? That. (laughs) That. Oh, 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 okay. I'll never forget when I was younger and in... I think it was college. Yes, college. A couple summers, I worked for my friends, my best friends, brothers, like it matters, but it was my best friends, brothers, friends company. And what it was, was we drove around in these kind of like vans with the big, kind of like the U-Haul type vans that you would use. And we would drive to certain truck stops, Pepsi, Coke, Stroh's. That was my favorite. I think I've told you that story before. And others. And we would have to wash, power wash all their trucks. So there'd be some days you'd drive in and you got a power. And they were like 12-hour days. And you'd have to power wash, you know, four or five trucks. And then you'd go to a Pepsi. When you found out you're going to a Pepsi or Coke, you're like, oh, my gosh. And you drive in and there's just a ton of them. And uh, same thing with Stroh Brewery. But the best thing about Stroh Brewery is for some reason, uh, all of us had to go to the bathroom quite a bit when we were at the Stroh. It's in downtown Detroit uh, factory power washing their trucks. And just constantly these guys had to go to the bathroom, including me. Come to find out it may have been because they had an open keg in their break room where the bathroom was that anybody working there couldn't partake in. So uh, I kind of imagine me driving up to a Pepsi or Coke stop and seeing all those trucks before you'd even have a break, looking at a 410-foot ship that big, and you have to sandblast it and then paint it. So anyway, it's just a fun little piece. There's a video in there. And uh, some more information. You may enjoy that. Check it out. And then something really, really cool. This actually took me back to my childhood. I, I, I'm, it's odd. I'm in my late middle 50s. And I, I, I appear to be reminiscing more. I wouldn't have thought this would have happened until I was in my 60s. But I appear to be reminiscing more. And uh, looking back over my life and what I did and didn't do, this story got me reminiscing in a good way. It was in a good way. It was in the Detroit Free Press. And I titled it, Could This Dearborn Michigan Man Have the Largest Slot Car Racing Track in the World? And it did take me back as a young boy. I used to play with my Hot Wheels tracks all the time. I was never lucky enough to have a real cool slot car track. 
Now the Detroit Free Press reported quite in depth and very well, I may add, on a story of a man named Jimmy Attard who has been on a 30-year mission. He's 68 years old. He retired from Ford Motor Company where he was a chassis designer. And I'm wondering, could this be the largest slot car racing track in the world? Let me give you the details. It took him 30 years to create. The track is carved in wood. The track can handle eight cars. The cars can go as fast as 15 miles per hour. The track is about 25 feet wide by 18 feet long. It has 18 turns, including one inspired by famous corners of actual racetracks from the banked turn three at Daytona to the corkscrew at California's Laguna Seca and the learned tunnel, excuse me, the Larned Tunnel in Detroit that Formula One cars raced through back in the 80s. 170 hand-painted figures, and he personally has about 1,000 cars. Now, you got to check this out. I've got pictures there. I've got a video there. I've got the link to the Detroit Free Press picture that has even more pictures. Jimmy told the Free Press, quote, down here, I don't realize I'm in my late 60s. It's no different than when I was a kid already today. My track is on a much bigger scale. And I can afford it, end quote. Now, he's very detail-oriented. You'll see the pictures. Quote, it's all in the details. I'm trying to be as accurate as I can so that when a photographer is taken, excuse me, when a photograph is taken of the track, my goal is to leave you wondering if it was really taken at the apex of that turn or is this a model. Now, if you guys look at those pictures that I gave you, as well as the ones in the link to the Detroit Free Press, you know exactly what he's talking about. He created an absolutely cool track and a piece of boyhood memory. It's even better. He said, it's all about making connections. Listen to this story. Quote, I had a six-year-old boy knock on my door who said he heard I had a slot car track. I think he expected little cars and just a plastic track. And honest to God, I'll never forget. He opened the door and he gasped. He was breathless. Well, today he's 26 years old and he comes over to help me when other little kids come over to race. And I just find joy in that, end quote. And that great story to start the day off with must be a great to bring such a smile and a love of the hobby to these young children. And have some of them grow up and be part of what you created. So I, it is cool. This guy did a really, really Good job. So we just spent a whole segment on some feel-good, great stories. Coming up after this, we'll get to um, not-so-feel-good and great stories. You listen to Live with Rank. You're listening to the Live with Rank show. Appreciate that. If you would like to be part of the show today, 269-441-9595 is all you need to do. Give us a call. You can also email me if you'd like at rank R E as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. Yesterday, Governor Whitmer, oh no, it was reported yesterday, last Friday, I think evening, which is the bad news, uh, the time you want to do things when you want the least amount of press, be it from a political standpoint, or actually from any standpoint, from a PR standpoint, because people are unplugged. Even I, Friday afternoon, from the day, moment I leave this, my station, 
until I get home, or actually I just should say the moment I leave, is the only time I unplug. Saturday, I start looking at all this stuff and see what may have happened. So that's why Friday evening they do what they did. And Governor Whitmer did what she said she was going to do, and that was veto the legislation that would have suspended the state's 27 cents per gallon tax on gasoline to help us out here in the state of Michigan. It was supposed to be for six months, although the Democrats had already effectively killed it because they wouldn't vote to give it immediate effect, so it wouldn't start till next January anyway, and we don't know where we'll be in January. Could be higher, could be lower. Who knows? But still, why is she not attempting to help us out wherever she can? Now, I wouldn't be so, uh, I guess, uh, skeptical of this veto of hers if she didn't ask Biden to drop the federal tax, gasoline tax. So why is she asking someone else to do what she refuses to do? Same thing when it came to giving all you guys who were unemployed extra money. When they finally ended the $600 a week federal bump for unemployment and brought it down to 300 President Trump said, all you governors, pitch in, give a little bit if you believe your citizens need more. And she wouldn't. So again, Whitmer was willing, not willing to do what she demanded or asked of others to do. And that's really where the story lies. All right, you know, she's worried about the roads. She didn't fix them. So this would harm, certainly, the roads. But actually, she could have worked out a deal with the Republicans to backfill it with the slush money. So in reality, it would have hurt nobody. She's going to try to tell you that it would hurt. I assume that's what she would do. I think she has in the past. But I know she didn't even attempt to come to the Republicans and say, well, let's backfill this. Okay, let's give them this 27 cents per gallon tax. Let's drop it for the next six months. But we're going to backfill that with COVID money. It's Well, they call it COVID money, but you know it's just a slush fund money. No, she didn't do that. So I think it's legitimate to question, A, why are you asking the federal government to do something you're unwilling to do? And B, why didn't you go to the legislature, take some of that COVID slush fund money and backfill it? And then the citizens of Michigan, or I should say the residents of Michigan, would have had some help in this terrible time of inflation Not only in food, but also in energy and gasoline. But no one did. She didn't do that. Oh, some more. Well, you know what? Here's some more good news. I'm going to wait to the top of the 10 o'clock hour. So I got to start that hour off with some good news. Now, I asked you earlier. Well, no, let's go this one. We just talked about COVID slush fund money. Bay City, Michigan received word that it will be receiving a little over $31 million in COVID slush fund money that they call ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act. And they formed a commission to determine how they're going to use this COVID 
Recovery Money Act, uh, money. Each subcommittee was designed to focus, they said, on four key target areas in the city. Now, remember, this is COVID money. When they first sold it, it was COVID money to help counties, to help states, to help whomever out to backfill COVID losses. But we had already given them hundreds of millions of dollars on that route. But anyway, that's what how it was sold. I don't know. I haven't heard how they're trying to sell it today because it's not COVID money in most of the cases. It's actually just a slush fund money. And in fact, a couple of you sent me emails about Calhoun County and their expenditure of ARPA or the world's largest slush fund money and how their communications person was bragging about all the non-COVID things they were paying for, including giving every county employee an additional week off. So those of you who are paying the taxes that employ them, those of you who are paying the taxes that given them an extra week off, you don't get an extra week off, but they do. On February, no, April 21st, I think it is, the city manager and the Calhoun County, uh, the person who sits at the top of the Calhoun County Commission will be in my studio, and I wanted to discuss this with them. Now, I want to find out is, you know, why wasn't this, well, let me take it back. If this money's dumped on you and all you can do is spend it on what they tell you you can spend it on, or if you run out of COVID to backfill COVID losses, then what are you supposed to do? I assume that would be the position of these people. But no one's taking or no one's taking the accountability or no one's being held accountable for all this money they spent, that is the consensus among all economists that was the straw that broke the camel's back or the inflation that broke the camel's back and the flood doors of what we have today. Certainly the extent of what we had. So I want through them to, you know, explain why they spent it on non-COVID things. And even if they were to say, well, we had to spend it. We didn't have more COVID places to spend it. So we're going to spend it if they give it to us. Okay. Why did you have to give everybody an extra week off? Because the people who are paying for it don't get an extra uh, week off. So we'll talk to them on, I think it was the 21st. And again, several of you sent me some emails and I, uh, took the bull by the horns and we'll find out more. Now, these this 31 plus million dollars from the slush fund giving to the Bay City here in Michigan said they had four key target areas in the city. Now remember, this is COVID slush fund money. Increase population subcommittees, focus on neighborhood stability and infrastructure, social mobility subcommittee focused on increased business and health and human services children thrive subcommittee 
focus on child care, education, and youth support services. Immediate needs subcommittee, focus on community organizations and groups that could utilize immediate or emergency funding. Those were the four key target areas. Did you hear the word COVID in there? Did you hear the word pandemic in there? No. And re- realize we've borrowed these trillions from future generations who are going to pay the price at some point. At some point, the dam will be broken. And that's my concern. That they used the cover of this pandemic that was over to do what they did. When they still had a trillion dollars of unspent money, if I remember correctly, $800 billion to a trillion dollars unspent money, from when President Trump was throwing money around. 269-441-9595. We'll come back on the other side of this break, and I'll tell you what they decided to spend that money on. Live with Rank Show, I was telling you about Bay City. Not not picking on Bay City. It's just they're the latest one to uh, announce this money. I was telling you about Calhoun County. We're going to find out on April 21st about all the money they're going to spend or spending on uh, using this COVID slush money, as I call it, the ARPA fund. Bay City got 31, a little over $31 million. And they've decided, after breaking into four key target areas in the city, or committees, and spent about, let me see, $16.5 million is worth they've spent about right now. From those slush funds. And here they are. Remember, this is a COVID supposed to help backfill for money you left with COVID. They did call it an American Rescue Plan Act. It's because of the COVID situation. That's the way they sold it. 15 different road repair projects across the city, 6 million. Lead line replacement, 2 million. Home repair program includes reestablishment of community development block grant and creation of design impactful property repair program, 2 million. Housing and utility assistance, one million. Bay City Early Childhood Initiative, seven hundred and fifty thousand. Two additional property maintenance inspectors, six hundred and six hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars for two additional property maintenance inspectors. I want a job as a property and maintenance inspector at at Bay City. If anybody's listening, I will literally leave right now, and someone else can take do the rest of my show for a. Property maintenance inspector, if two, cost $636,000. Now, I assume that's for funding for a few years, but wow. Let's move on. Workforce development, marketing, and placemaking proposal for Bay Area Chamber of Commerce, $566,000. Youth employment initiative to expand youth employment opportunities, half a million dollars. NAACP for programming to focus on workplace development in the city, half a million dollars. Nonprofit grant program, half a million dollars. New neighborhood engagement officer position. Wait, I take that back. I want a neighborhood engagement officer position. Oh, wait, 400000 over four years, so 100000 a year. Okay. I, I'd, I'll go back to the, the uh, I want a job as a uh, inspector. United Way of Bay County for community liaison positions, 360000 Small business support grant program, 300000 Well, isn't that interesting? NAACP gets a half a million. The small business community in Bay City gets 360000 No, sorry, 300000 
Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Now, remember, someone has to pay for this. And it's going to be future generation. Well, this probably will never be paid back. God knows what's going to happen. Let's move on. Oh, wait. So the NAACP in that area got a half a million dollars to focus on workforce development. Hmm. Okay. And then NAACP uh, received another quarter of a million dollar to expand community, cultural, youth, and youth adult engagement. Boys and Girls Clubs of the Great Lakes Bay Region Area, 240000 Bay Veterans Foundation Workshop, oh, Boys and Girls Club, 240000 Expanding the youth, cultural, youth, and young adult engagement, 250000 for the NAACP. You veterans, 190000 well, it shows you how much they think about you veterans. Dow Bay Area Family Y Community Kitchen Remodeled Project, 170000 Knights of Columbus Lost Revenue Assistance, 56500 That may, if they can prove they lost it because of COVID, may be the only thing right now that is legitimate. Let's move on. Bay City Public Schools additional. Why, so we didn't give YMC enough, so we got to give them an additional money of 46000 Hidden Harvest Truck Project, 25000 Saginaw Basin Land Conservancy, 16600 Oh, a third YMCA, quote, getting ahead, end quote, Women's Educational Empowerment Program, $10,000. They got a big problem on that one. Huge, huge problem. Nowhere in this did I see where they're either hiring or consulting with biologists who will tell them who are the women and who are aren't who can be part of this educational empowerment program huge problem so maybe that's with the remaining 14 million dollars some of that will go to a biologist so they'll be able to tell who is a woman because remember you got to be a biologist according to the next supreme court justice how sad is that you got to be a biologist to be able to tell who's a woman and who's not. I think you get my point. I went through the whole list. One area, maybe one area that has to do with COVID-related issues. Everything else was just them blowing money. Blowing money left and right. Some of these may be legitimate projects, but hidden under the veil of covid is baloney. It's horrible. And these people should pay with their jobs. Anybody who voted for this stuff, and I'm not talking about at this level because they were given the money. If it's use it or lose it, I get it. I'm talking about all those Democrat Congress people. Everyone voted for this. Every Democrat in the House and every Democrat in the Senate voted for this. No Republicans voted for this. Believe it or not, not even Susan Collins or Mitch or Mitt Romney or Murkowski, not even they voted for this. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five you have a thought about what we're talking about, love to hear from you. Let's move on to Kalamazoo. The city of Kalamazoo received a presentation, according to reporting by MLive, about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they 
they included comments from staff about issues the city is facing and how the elected officials over seem to overlook it. The, the sound or the takeaway I could get from it was that they just do surveys and they do nothing about it after that on all the issues. And they're looking at the city commission, I assume the mayor, city manager, whomever. I've asked for a while now for someone to help me put my my mind around what is equity. I get diversity. I get inclusion. But equity. I even went and met with the city manager, it may have been a couple of years ago, of the city of Kalamazoo and their new diversity at the time, new diversity, equity, inclusion person. And I sat down off record just to try to understand this. And I still don't get it. So if anybody can help us, I'm going to give you, well, let me just jump to that right now. I looked up what is the definition of diversity, inclusion, and equity. So I'm pulling from two spots. One is called inclusionhub.com. They said diversity acknowledges all the ways people differ, race, sex, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, social economic status, religious beliefs, and more. So they don't want this country to be a melting pot. They want this country to be a country of division. So you can call diversity in a way division. Now, I assume what they would say is, no, 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 no. We just want you to realize that I am white, black, male, female. I have no idea what I am. I am uh, old, young. Uh, I like sleeping with women. I like sleeping with men. I like sleeping with both. I like sleeping with crabs. I don't know. No, not those crabs. Never mind. With um, giraffes. That's what they want you to focus on. They don't want you to focus on what can bring us together, which is you're a human being. Who cares that you're this color or that color? Who cares who you like to sleep with or don't want to sleep with? Who cares if you hate your body parts or don't hate your body parts? Who cares how old you are? Who cares how young you are? Who cares what your religious beliefs are as long as you don't force it on me? That's what we should do. Do you really want to live in a society that puts all of us in categories depending on who, what you look like, what sex you are, what gender you are, what age you are? I mean, yes, we realize those things are out there. But come on. We should not be looking at our differences. We should be looking at what we have in common. And what we have in common is we're human beings who just want to make it in life. So that's diversity from Inclusion Hub. Inclusion was is about diversity in practice. 
It's the act of welcoming, supporting, respecting, and valuing all individuals and groups. When I read that, I read or I immediately thought of the teacher in Charlie Brown going, wah, 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 wah. What do you mean? Yes, we all accept each other. Are there going to be people who don't like a color, who don't like a sex, who don't like an age, who don't? Yes. Do you really believe in your elitism that you're going to get rid of that? Sure, we should strive to that. But the more you separate people, the more you're feeding into that, my idea. And now the hardest one, equity, is often used interchangeably with equality. But there's a core difference where equality is a system in which each individual is offered the same opportunities, regardless of circumstance. Equity distributes resources based on needs. We live in a disproportionate society and equity tries to correct its imbalance by creating more opportunities for people who have historically had less access. They are separating equality and equity. They are saying, we're not going to look at your skill sets. No, we're going to look at your color. We're going to look at your age. We're going to look at who you want to sleep with. We're going to look at who you don't want to sleep with. We're going to look at a number of situations. And that's how we'll choose you. Look how we're getting the next Supreme Court justice. His first criteria was not the content of the person's character. It was not at their skill sets. It was gender and color. excluding all others who weren't that gender in color. Does that sound fair to you? 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank show. We're not looking at the inside of the person. Anybody dealing with DE or DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, whatever, diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI, we're dealing with outside. Not inside. Inside is secondary. There was a second site I went to to try to figure out. I'm trying to wrap my head around. And again, the reason we're going down this path is a a report or a presentation was given to the city of Kalamazoo commissioners on where they're at with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I want to first lay down what diversity, equity, inclusion to some or many believe it is. And I gave you one set of definitions. Here's a second one. Defining diversity. Diversity is the difference of, excuse me. Diversity is the presence of differences that include race, gender, religion, ethnicity, sexual orientation, social, economic status, language, nationality, age, or political perspective. Today, the term diversity is often used for non-dominant identities or less privileged groups. For example, identities such as being white or light-skinned, speaking English, and heterosexuality are considered as the dominant or privileged groups. Identities such as being dark-skinned and transsexual are regarded as non-dominant or less privileged groups. As a matter of fact, people are not diverse, but companies and teams should be. 
Well, first of all, what I hear is this. For example, identities as being white or light skinned, speaking English, and heterosexuality are considered as the dominant or privileged groups, so we should punish them. And then I hear identities such as being dark-skinned and transsexual are regarded as non-dominant or less privileged groups, so we should give them a leg up when they perhaps don't have the skill set to do so. But what else did you catch in there? You catch the apparent bigotry that's happening within the black community. And I've been told about this. The difference between light and dark-skinned black people. Did you not hear that? They literally threw in light-skinned people, which obviously they mean light-skinned black people, into the white category and separated out dark-skinned black people. Do you find that interesting? I do. Defining inclusion. Welcoming those who feel different and making them feel like everyone. You know what? I welcome you as a worker. If I get to know you, I may be concerned about how you are that day or what's bothering you. But I'm looking for you to just do your job as you should be looking for me to just do my job. Welcoming those who feel different and making them feel like everyone else is called inclusion. In some cases, diversity and inclusion may be confused with each other. If diversity is an invitation to a party, inclusion is to dance. Companies cannot simply include people to their culture. They must first design it. And they must spend millions of dollars to people who are race baiters to design it. Diversity may be adopted in a company, but that does not mean that less privileged identities are welcome or valued. Inclusion is a non-natural result of diversity. Therefore, the organization must build the environment of inclusion on its own. This is a never-ending fight, guys, or struggle, I should say. Now, defining equality. Neutral and fair distribution of resources by procedures, organizations, and systems is called equality. However, approaching all employees at an equal distance and treating them equally does not fully explain the equality approach. In a company that has incorporated diversity into its culture, people have differences. Equality also requires accepting that everyone has different needs, different experiences, and opportunities. Wah, 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 wah. What? What? Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. I'll come back and talk about this presentation to the Kalamazoo City Commission meeting just yesterday on diversity, equity, and inclusion. As they say, are three interrelated concepts used for ensuring values and alignment, health, and success within communities and organizations as reflected in their cultures and system, the report says. What? I, I, and I'm not trying to make fun of it. I don't understand this. And maybe that's what they want because it's never ending. And these people... Make a lot of money doing this. You listen to Live with Rank 269 441 9595. We'll be right back.